this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com Erica Anderson Erica is the founding partner of Protis, a coaching, consulting, and training firm that focuses on leader readiness. She's also the author of four books. Uh, Her first book being Growing Great Employees, Turning Ordinary People into Extraordinary Performers. Uh, Her other book is Plan for Success, Outthink Your Competitors. Um, leading so people will follow and then her new book uh, Be Bad First Erica is also uh, one of the most popular business bloggers on Forbes magazine Uh, she's been quoted in very national publications including the Wall Street Journal Fortune magazine and the New York Times let's first talk about what inspired you to write that book um, I love that question. So, so this takes us back about 20 years. I, I started my business, Proteus, 25 years ago, and as it started to unfold, I found myself really deal, dealing a lot with C-level, you know, very highly placed executives, you know, CEO, CFO, CAOs, and I, I started to notice this really interesting thing, which was that some people, had, although they had a big title, they didn't really seem to have people's trust and respect. And then other people who didn't have the big titles did have that trust and respect. And 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 there was one day when it really all came home to me. I was um, there was a guy that I was working with who was the CEO of a company, and he didn't, you know, he just wasn't getting people's followership, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I was standing in the back of the room, he was talking to about his top 35 people, and I was kind of standing in the back of the room watching. And as he was speaking, he spoke for about 20 minutes, and people weren't, nobody was getting up and leaving, but they just weren't that engaged. They were kind of like, okay. And then I noticed while he was speaking, at some point in the 20 minutes, almost every single one of those people at some point turned and looked at this other person, this guy who happened to be the CFO. And I realized that they were more interested in that guy's response to what was being said than what was being said. And I thought, wow, so they're treating that guy like he's the real leader. What is that about? So that sent me down this whole path of what leads us to treat some people like leaders. Like, And we've all had, I think most of us have had this experience where there are some people we work for that, okay, we work for them, they're, they're okay, you know, we don't quit. And then there are other people who are just such, they just they're such good leaders we want to follow them and we trust them and we feel loyal to them and we'll go through fire for them and I thought you know what are these differences that we're looking for subconsciously that tell us whether or not somebody is a leader that we want to follow and that's what led me to write the book I did a lot of research and found out there are six things that we look for that we that we need to see in a leader before we'll fully follow that person and that's that's the basis for the book now let's quantify that a little bit Erica what are those six things? Great question also. So what we found is that um, the six things are, and I'll, I'll say each of them and then I'll explain them a bit. So the six are farsighted, passionate, courageous, wise, generous, and trustworthy. So what that means is we want, farsighted means we want a leader who has a clear sense of the future. Where are we heading? 
if they don't have that, we feel like, well, why are we following you? You don't know where we're going. You don't know what's up. We'll just figure it out for ourselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we want the leader to have a clear sense and share that with us and include us in the plan. Not like I'm going, you guys are either coming or not, but hey, let's get there together. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is passion. And that doesn't just mean loudness or enthusiasm. It means depth of commitment. We really want to know that our leaders are deeply committed to the things that are important to them, that they're not just going to kind of wander off in the middle of things, that they're going to stay committed to us and to the enterprise and to success. So that kind of passion is really important to us. And then courage is the third one. We want to know that leaders are courageous. And partly that's you know, what we usually mean when we say courageous, we want to make sure that they're going to be able to make tough decisions in difficult situations. But a lot of it is we want to know that the leader will do things that are difficult for that person if it's for the good of the enterprise. Like, for instance, if, if you have a leader who, let's say, has a tough time giving difficult feedback, you know that they're a kind person and they don't like to give hard feedback, and you see them doing it because it's for the good of the group or the good of the company, then you trust that person's courage, that that person is more courageous on behalf of the company than they are worried about their own comfort. And we need to see that. So that's courage. Does that make sense? It does. And uh, perhaps we could we can park right there and maybe go into that a little deeper. What would you say, Erica, to like uh, like international employees, like cultural differences? Uh, sometimes courage you know, may actually be a detriment. You know, for example, um, when you take uh, Latin American culture, you know, really you can't be very uh, necessarily direct or necessarily uh, straightforward because it could come off as too aggressive uh, to the, you know, to the, to the Latin employee. You know, do you have any uh, advice to that, to people who have uh, international employees? Yes, it's a it's a really really good point because different cultures are are different. And courage doesn't mean doing particular things. It doesn't mean always being tough or always being easy. It means doing things that are tough for you to do if they're necessary. So, for instance, let's use exactly your example. Let's say that you've been hired to run the South American part of your company, the South American division of your company, and you're a real tough, straightforward person. And you realize, you get down there and you realize that the culture that you're in is, is softer and less direct and that you have to be more diplomatic. It would be courageous for you to act out of your own direct comfort zone to abide by those cultural norms. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's really doing what's best for the enterprise, even if it's uncomfortable for you. That's, that's, what's, that's what's courageous. Ah, I see. Please continue. So then, uh, why? So the, the first three, farsighted, passionate, and courageous, are kind of the outward-facing ones. They're the ones that everybody sees. They're the ones that, okay, here, looking out to the world. Wise, generous, and trustworthy are more internal but equally important. So wise means that we want leaders who really are thoughtful about the important things. Like if something is important, that they'll, they'll reflect on it, they'll look for patterns, they'll learn from their experience. They're not just kind of thoughtless and gung-ho. And the reason that's important to us is because our lives are important to us. And we want to think that our leaders are thinking deeply about the impact that stuff is going to have on us and aren't just, you know, kind of barreling through. So, and the other great thing about wise leaders is we can learn from them. What I've noticed is that leaders are, who are wise, who are reflective and who look for patterns and who learn from their experience, they help the people who work for them do those same things, which is great. Um, generous means primarily generosity of spirit. You know, when I would... 
uh, when we were talking about this model during the recession, especially people would say, well, generous, we don't have any extra money. And I'd say, you know, generosity is not primarily about money. It's about being generous with praise and being generous with your expectations about people and being generous with responsibility and information and, you know, those kinds of things that you can always share with people. So that's, that's, that's what point. we look for in leaders. We want them to be generous with whatever they have, you know, not, not uh, hold it to themselves and be stingy. And then last is trustworthy. We really, you know, we need to rely upon our leaders in this way. If they say they're going to do something, we want to be able to be reasonably sure that they're going to do it. And then if they don't do it, that they'll have a good reason, they'll explain, they'll apologize, and they'll say what they're going to do instead. You know, so that's part of trustworthy. We also want to know that they're discreet and they'll keep confidences, that if we share something private with them, then it won't be kind of all over the grapevine the next day. And that, it's really, it's really foundational. We, if a leader isn't trustworthy, even if he or she has the other five, we still hesitate to fully follow them. And that's great because, uh, you know, these six points really covers it. And these are cornerstones that can really build a strong, uh, ethical, and great business to work for. And also these principles can be even more paramount for startups because a lot of startups, you know, they, they start to get employees but typically, they never had a lot of management skills. So this is a good framework, a good foundation for even startups to start uh, building their business on and to be able to make their business successful and to be able to entice. Uh, oh, I love that. Talent. And I totally agree. And, and to, to extend your point, it's big businesses, medium business, small business. It's also you don't have to you can you can start to develop these characteristics in yourself early in your career i mean you don't have to wait until you're you know the head of marketing before or the ceo or the gm or whatever because what i've noticed is that you know we work with a lot of organizations and almost without exception i see when someone is young new to the organization and people are really looking at that person and saying wow that person has a lot of potential they'll really go far at least part of it is usually because they have these characteristics in their job already, even if it's a pretty junior job, they're already operating farsighted, passionate, courageous, wise, generous, trustworthy, and people pick up on that. Matthew Lesko. Matthew is the two-time New York Times bestselling author of many of his uh, free money books to help people to be able to find funding, as well as he's been touted as the infomercial king. Uh, if you've been around long enough as I have, uh, uh, Matthew has dominated the infomercial space, uh, wearing his question mark uh, suits as he has one on right now. Uh, very popular for that. As far as you check out on YouTube, he has a viral uh, parody video of the Soldier Boy Tell Him, which is still. Oh, you saw that! Wow! Which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is still one of my favorite videos. So I'm happy to have um, you back on. Welcome, Matt. Well, thank you. Boy, and last time I talked to you, you were, <laughs> I think, in your garage. And now you're an international, you know, syndicated talk show host. Terrific yeah. for you. Yeah. And, and let's talk about. You know, maybe maybe you could give a background premise on how it's easier than ever to be an entrepreneur and have a successful business. 
I bet. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that sincerely. And you know, I'm an old guy, 72 years old. So I was, I was growing up in the 50s, you know, <laughs> and to start a business, man, you need it in today's dollars, like a half a million dollars if you want to have a store, you know, <laughs> you, know you got to get uh, equipment, furnishing, and then floor plan financing to finance the stuff in the store, rent for three years and all that kind of stuff. Man, now it takes 20 cents. And you have your own store, you know, and you have your own store in the biggest mall in America, you know, for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just phenomenal. And and actually what what I think I, I the motive for my work is that I see that most of us are a hell of a lot happier if we have more control of our life. And and we feel that we have to have a job, you know, that we don't like because our parents did that, <laughs> and the grandparents did that, and all our friends are doing that. So we think that that is the norm, and that's how to live. It's like eating broccoli, you know? You have to eat it or something. And I Yeah. Hate really? You hate broccoli? Yeah. I happen to love broccoli. I yeah. see. Well, see yeah. We're all different people. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, do you like Brussels sprouts? Oh, God, where? That's jail food to me, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Brussels sprouts, too. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, so yeah, man, in this economy, uh, it's really based on leverage. Uh, in the last episode, uh, we talked about Airbnb and how, oh, and how, and how you stated that basically uh, they, they, they make more money than most of the hotels nowadays. Right. Uh, and basically, they have no real estate. They just simply leverage other people's real mm-hmm. estate. So really, we live in an economy of leverage. So it's not so much about, as you stated before, you have to have all this capital or you have to have, uh, you have, to have all of these uh, different resources. Sources. It's just about being being strategic and thinking a bit more creatively outside the box um, to be able to uh, achieve the, the, the desired result as you wish. No, absolutely, and, and that's I think the only thing that stops any of us from doing anything is us. You know, I mean, we, we're just not investigating. All, all the help is out there uh, to do anything. The problem is with us. We think there's something wrong with us, or we're not born right. We're not whatever i mean i have a 50 reasons i could blame other people when i'm not succeeding yeah and that's easy to do and it's easy to feel sorry for yourself and then the other thing that 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 deters us i think is google see google i think is probably the biggest obstacle for you (laughs) for you to do anything in life because if you do google you know what you're finding is people who want to sell you something to help you do what you want to do that's what it's all geared around, <laughs> somebody who has something, because they're going to make money off of you. But if you want to start a business and you start Googling for help, you're going to get all the people who can get money from you to start a business. When, if you could know the system well enough to dig behind all that stuff and find the things directly, then you, it costs nothing. You know, and, and what's important about that is that none of us know what works. I mean, I'm really, I mean, I'm sure when you started this a year or two ago, whatever, you said, oh, I'll go do this and I'll be an instant gazillionaire by next Thursday, you know. Mm-hmm. We all have that feeling, you know. And shit, it doesn't happen that way, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, so it, it starts with having 
realistic expectations. Um, and as you said before, you know, sometimes Google could be a detriment because, you know, you know, people type in what they're interested in and they see all these search results and you know, they learn about this and they learn about that and, and, right. they read, and, they read about, and they read all these different web pages, but essentially they're creating information overload. So now they have so much information that it kind of paralyzes them to be right. able to take action on the information uh, that they're reading, you know, I, you know, for me, I, I keep things very simplified. You know, for example, like uh, personally, I read one book at a time. You know, I, I'm not a person, I'm not a person who really, you know, you know, has a bunch of books. Try read this book. This you probably book. only have one wife too, right? Uh, I'm not married yet, but oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, one day, man. But um, but I read one book at a time, and one and a, and a book that I'm reading. I study it intently. Uh, I treat that book as if it's a college course, you know, because I really want to be able to grasp the concepts of the book. You know, a lot of people, they just read books and, you know, they, they finish it, they put it to the side, they read the next book. But really, you know, I'm a person, uh, I, I, I take books as opportunity to be a student. And I think that really helps. You know, we all do web searches right. on Google, but I, I don't make that my prime. My primary objective because as you stated uh, I think that can be a distraction as that causes information overload uh, the, the last time we talked Matt it was uh, March it was it was March of last year uh -huh. uh, we discussed we said we discussed a lot in that episode I definitely advise listeners to check out episode one uh, that's when I interviewed uh, Matt uh, for episode one you mean I was the first one you was he was the first wow. yeah he was he was and, and still today uh, <laughs> To, uh, up to uh, 41 episodes now still today wow, good for you you are, you are one of the most favorite episodes that <laughs> listen <laughs> yeah for sure yeah I, I, I told you before you know I, I know you're a humble guy but I, I, I think you're awesome <laughs> oh we're all struggling man you know, and that's the fun of life to struggle that's why to me what the stupid things that we grow up with or enforced on us from the media or our friends and family is that we want life easy which is just the dumbest thing in the world, man. I, I, you want an easy life, then you might as well leave it, you know, and commit suicide. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Again, it goes, it goes back to having realistic expectations. So from the last interview, Matt, let's talk about some, some of the discoveries and some of the successes and some of the things you have been seeing in the entrepreneurial space that has, that has, that has excited you and has been really revolutionary now. Do you want to start reaching the finish line? Then start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. Well, I mean, God, 10 years, I mean, 10 months ago, you know, I'm excited about a whole new set of things already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the world changes. And, and what I really see, one of my biggest issues, too, is not only Google, but experts. Experts tell you, we're all looking for experts to get advice on what the heck to do. And, and, and they don't know. I mean, you, I, I don't know. You're talking to me, an expert. I don't know what the hell to do. I'm guessing every day of my life. I have no idea. I'm taking the best knowledge I can. I try it. And I usually fail nine, nine out of ten times. And, and actually, I'm reading a book now. But and there's this uh, 
a PhD researcher in Harvard did a study on all the re findings that are reported in the best scientific journals in the world. Two-thirds of them turn out to be wrong. Yeah. Two-thirds. So these are the best experts in the world studying science and that's wrong two-thirds of the time <laughs> yeah it's interesting because studies are never complete there's always going to be some uh right. measure of error found in any studies and studies sometimes you know we don't know the intent of the researcher you know so some people are, try to be objective other people try to be uh, biased you know to to to, uh, create, right. to create a certain result so yeah i'm not surprised you know how out there are wrong because you know it, it's just like someone saying that Oh well, that idea is not possible. You can't do it. You know, yeah. Now that person may have, who knows, you know, ten years of experience. But at the same time, if they're not constantly, uh, if they're not constantly staying up to date and being relevant and adjusting right. to the trends, then they don't know what's possible. So well, not only that, but they're not your customer then. Screw yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And uh, what really makes things happen is a person's tenacity. And that's what really uh, helps people to be able to reach the finish line. Christina Daves. Christina is the author of PR for Anyone. Uh, she's, been see she's been seen on the Steve Harvey Show, appeared on Dr. Oz, as well as local news affiliates like NBC, CBS, Fox News. Uh, I have Christina on because, uh, for many of you who do not know, Christina's website five years ago is the reason why uh, I have gotten so much mainstream media within the last, I would say, two years. All started with uh, her website, which is PRforanyone.com. If, if this is your first time here at Christina Days, you could just go on Google and type her name in. She's literally <laughs> everywhere. Fox News, CBS, literally everywhere. <laughs> so, so uh, she basically, uh, you know, know what works. And I think one thing, Christina, is a lot of people are intimidated by it because yes. when they think of this mainstream media, they think, well, man, I have to have these deep connections or I have to pay a lot of money to get into it. And and I and, and that's not the case at all because a lot a lot of media I have gotten has been free as well as the same for you. So that kind of starts with tip one: paid versus earned. Maybe you could elaborate more on that. Right. So so really, paid is advertising, um, and they call publicity earned media. Mm -hmm. It's somebody else talking about you, and and that also means you don't get to give your own message. Um, you know, somebody else is going to write about you or talk about you on television. Mm -hmm. It, it's how they interpret what you're doing. But if you've done a good job of conveying your message, it should all be great and positive. And, um, but that's, and real quick, I'll go back when you talked about people being afraid of the media. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I tell this all the time, I speak a ton on this. I want everyone to remember that the media needs us more than we need them. Mm -hmm. Think about the thing about television, newspapers, everything today is 24-7, 365. Every magazine, every television, they all have dot-coms as well. And it's not like they're putting the exact same thing on each one in the print and on the, on the Internet. So if you can learn how to create good, newsworthy stories, you can get media coverage for your business. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And 
let's go to tip four because I think tip four is very important. When and for people who don't know, uh, Christina is the author of PR for anyone. Definitely recommend it. Uh, you can check it out on Amazon or your a preferable bookstore. And we're just kind of going through the book. So as far as tip four, um, uh, your online presence that is extremely important. Uh, yes. You know, everyone is on the internet um, and more people are trying to find a way to stand out and be competitive. You know, you're state, you're stating tip four, how your online presence equals your call, calling card. Perhaps you yeah. could add on to that, you know, perhaps some strategies to help a person stand out because you have Facebook, Twitter, everyone's posting yeah. and, you know, everyone has blogs, you know, how, how, how does, how does a typical entrepreneur stand out from the rest with their online presence? Well, the first thing I always like to say is stop marketing like it's 1999. You've got to look at what people are going to look at, whether it's your customers or whether it's journalists, and they will check you out first, you know, before they contact you. So go to your website and, and say, is this really what I want people to see? Because that's the first thing they're going to do. And super, super important in 2016, is your website mobile ready? Because by the end of this year, 67% of all website visits are going to be on a mobile device. Mm -hmm. So if, if you still have that early 2000, lots of texts, lots of whatever, you know, again, put yourself in the position of a journalist or a customer or somebody, you know, a, a client that you want to engage. Is that what they want to see? And then, then you want to make sure that everything is consistent, that your branding is consistent from your your blog, if that's separate than your website, and your social media headers. Because same thing, say a journalist sees you on Twitter, something that you said that was great and profound, and then they go to your website, but it doesn't look the same. It's like, oh, is that the same person, or is that somebody just with a similar name? So it's really important that you, you're branded consistently, your message is consistent across all of your platforms. You know, don't say one thing on Twitter and then contradict yourself on Facebook. Um, and, and have a strategy with social media. That's how you can stand out. Um, don't just haphazardly post things. You know, ha have a plan in mind of who you're trying to attract on social media, which platforms you're going to be on, you know, which... And I recommend just focusing on two that are where your customers are because it's too hard to do all of them. And then when you do them not so good, it, it looks poorly on you. I agree. That's a good point. And specifically for me, I just focus on Facebook and Twitter. I do use LinkedIn because it's a good uh, business networking tool. Uh, yeah. But uh, most of the time when it comes to actual uh, like content, I focus on Facebook and Twitter. YouTube is great too, but, uh, but I agree with you. It's, uh, it's good to, as far as be consistent with little, then be inconsistent with a lot. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. So that goes on to, that goes on to um, uh, tip seven. And a lot of entrepreneurs, they may disagree because they have this frustration. Tip seven is if you build it, they will come. And some entrepreneurs would say, well, Christina, I built my business. You know, you know I, I, I have my I, I built I have my invention or I have my store or I have this and I have that. And I use Facebook. I use Twitter. And uh, but but no one's coming. You know, I'm getting business, but it may be intermittent or I'm not getting no business. What would you say? to the entrepreneur who challenges and say, well, you know, well, my business is built and I'm not getting any business or I'm not getting enough business. Then you're not doing something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's strategy. Like I said, have, 
you know, and if, if you don't know how to do that strategy, find somebody who does. Mm -hmm. Because that, and that's what I did. I hired somebody who really helped me build a social media strategy. And so you were talking about the platforms you're on. I prefer Twitter and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That's really where I get customers all the time off of Twitter on a regular basis because my following is strategic. They're strategically followed and they follow me back and there are people that need my services. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's using social media the right way to engage with potential customers and clients so that they do become, you know, actual clients and customers. I mean, remember you have to touch somebody seven times before they'll buy. So that's where you use social media. If you're on, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, so you run Facebook ads. Uh, and that's a great inexpensive way to generate some business and to get in front of those people, you know, five, $10 a day gets you in front of the right people. And it's just helping you touch them a lot faster. And then you have an opt in to your website and then they get your, you give something away for free and then they're on their mailing list. So they get an email from you once a month or every week, however you want to do it. And then they see you on Facebook and then they see you on Twitter and then they check out your LinkedIn profile. And all of a sudden you've touched them five, six, seven times in less than a month. And um, as we come into a close, we just covered the surface. Um, Christina has over a hundred tips in her PR for anyone book. So I definitely recommend that you check out her book. But if, uh, Christina, if people want to uh, get in contact, get in contact with you or follow you, how would they do that? Yeah, and it's, of course I'm branded across the same on everything. It's PR for anyone, and it's P R F O R. A-N-Y-O-N-E. Um, that's the website.com. That's Twitter. I told you I'm very active on Twitter. Um, you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn, Christina Daves. Um, Facebook is PR for anyone. So yeah, I'm easy to find and you can connect on the website and we've got a lot of great things, you know, videos and resources. And I send out a lot of free content. I send out, you know, if other people have good stuff, I think is great to share with you guys. I'll send that out as well. So um, again, like we were talking about, providing value to your audience. Absolutely. And uh, it starts there. As I, uh, as I, I'll be happy to say again, you know, I, for me, my PR journey started with PRforanyone.com. So if, if people want to have some success, you know, get some free PR and, and uh, be able to grow their brand, I will definitely recommend uh, checking out Christina. Christina, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist at Seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.